Welcome to Genius Leadership, Overcoming Everything podcast. Join me every week for insightful conversations with corporate, entrepreneurial, and academic leaders about their roller coaster ride to leading from their zone of genius. I'm your host, Anna Lieben, and before we kick off, let me invite you to a complimentary strategy call where during 30 minutes we work on identifying your zone of genius and lay out a plan for you to stay in that zone as much as possible. Schedule the call via link in the show notes. And for now, let's take a ride together. Hey, Genius Leader. I'm happy you're tuning in for another episode of the show. Today, I'm going to talk to Ted Lusk, who is a licensed professional counselor, a personal transformation coach, musician, and entrepreneur. With over 10 years of experience in mental health, personal growth, and development, he also has many years of experience in musical performance and coaching and mentoring. It's quite a fun mix to, to have as a guest. Ted has a deep love for inspiring and empowering people to break free from internal limitations, to share their gifts, and live their best lives. And I invited Ted because of his focus on serving introvert entrepreneurs. I think that's a fascinating topic, and it fits very well in the theme of the show right now, which is knowing yourself. We see quite often that there are those people who might have more introverted personality and might be challenged with the leadership positions and especially entrepreneurship positions when you need to promote yourself, promote your business quite often. And this is what we discussed with Ted on this, uh, in this conversation. So we'll be talking about the traits of introverts just to make sure that we're all on the same page, so to say. And uh, obviously this is not a black or white thing, extrovert and introvert. We're talking about that it's a scale and a continuum and everyone is in a different spot on that continuum. But there are some kind of commonalities there where the people are sharing when they are more on an introversial or introverted part of the continuum. When we discuss those. Then we also talk about the challenges that more introverted people are facing when they are in the leadership positions on when or where they are entrepreneurs, having to lead a team, to lead their company. And then we also talk about all the tools on how you can actually be a good leader and a good entrepreneur, even if you are an introvert. And now I'm saying even if, but actually in the conversation, I mentioned that some of the traits that Tad is mentioning as more typical for introverts are actually the traits of good leaders. So this is not exclusive, like mutually exclusive to be an introvert and to be a good leader. Actually, a lot of traits that introverts are having are good and beneficial for becoming a good leader. And I want you to listen to that and tap into that information that we all have our powers and whatever trait you take in the world you can find the positive about it and the negative about it and I want you to focus on looking for the positive things whether it is about being introverted or not we'd also cover the benefits of finding the ways to navigate your introverted part of yourself and uh, talking about the signals how to Identify that you might not be taking good care of your innate needs that are due to your your being an introvert. 
we give quite concrete examples from Ted's experience and from his practice with his clients on how to identify those signals and how to act upon them. And spoiler alert, it comes again to reflecting on yourself, to tapping into the self-care and to asking for help. Those are common threads and red thread that we're discussing on this show quite often, uh, whichever topic we're discussing. So I want you to listen to that and uh, hopefully you'll find some good information here on either how to better navigate your leadership journey or how to support some employees of yours who might need that extra support because they are introverted. So as always, let me know what you think about the show and this conversation in particular and see you on the other side. Hi, everyone. I'm happy that you're joining Last Live, hopefully. And if not, then I'm happy that you're watching this replay and warmest welcome to you. And thank you for finding time to join us for this conversation. This is Genius Leadership Podcast Live. We're streaming on LinkedIn and YouTube, and then it will go on all the platforms where our show is later on. And today I'm super excited for the topic and uh, because it will be a maybe tricky one <laughs> for some people, but I hope it will give you a lot of value because we're going to talk about introverts in leadership positions and as entrepreneurs. I'm sure that a lot of us will relate to some parts that we're going to discuss with my guests today. And uh, let's let's just roll that and see what uh, the discussion brings to me, to Tad, and to all of you. So I am having Ted Lask with me today. He is the uh, therapist. He's also a musician and helping introverted entrepreneurs and super passionate about that at the moment because he came from that himself. Let's uncover this topic of introversion together today, Tad. And welcome to the show. Sounds good. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. It's, it's always a pleasure to connect with people. Uh, it's just a blessing of this situation with COVID that more people got more fine with connecting online because otherwise I wouldn't be able to get so many amazing guests as I'm getting nowadays. So yeah. Tad, sorry, go. Oh, I was just going to say that's, that is really interesting how that has happened. It's been really cool. It's a blessing in disguise, in disguise. And we just need to choose to see the positive parts of that. I agree. So I usually start with the definition, just that we're on the same page, or I understand where you are in your, in your world, in your practice. So. What is leadership and who is a leader to you, Tad? Yeah. So I was thinking about this question in terms of some of the best leaders that I've ever worked with. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it's been in a lot of different contexts, some, sometimes at work, but sometimes I'm, I'm also a musician. And sometimes it's been in the context of a musical director or a band leader or people like that as well. And I think some of the things that the best leaders that I've experienced were people that had this ability to sort of recognize the strengths of each individual member and be able to kind of draw those out in a really positive and encouraging way. And then, you know, obviously when needed, they could provide the clarity um, and the vision for, you know, what, what we were trying to accomplish and get everyone excited and on board with that. But they also weren't obtrusive or overbearing. It wasn't about being... Um, sort of a dictator or something like that. It was like almost more the captain of a ship where they would get boats and input from uh, the other crew members and then try to make educated decisions based on that. 
so yeah, I think it's, you know, it's someone who is of course willing to step up and, and provide uh, some vision and some clarity, but that also knows how to, when to step back and let others uh, shine and, and uh, show their best gifts as well. And I think it's a very trippy, tricky topic, right? Because people whom we lead, they're all different and they have different needs in the, the level of communication and clarity and so on. And we just discussed it last week with uh, some people with whom I'm connected in my network, how micromanaging management is actually like the same behavior can be seen as micromanagement and as good directive leadership based on who is managed or led. Because sure. some people really need a lot of clarity and just really like step-by-step how-tos. Mm-hmm. And if you as a leader know that and you can accommodate for that, you actually bring in the best out of that person, just as you said. But you need to know it, right? And you have to need like you need to have the insights in the people who you have on your team and be able to adjust to those needs and and just as you said, really bring the best out of every person because it's different from each person. Right, right, exactly. So like you were saying, that takes observation and insight and then that willingness to adjust and, and be flexible when needed. And that can also return to ourselves. So as ourselves, observation and getting those insights, right? Knowing ourselves. And then we can actually transition to the topic for the, for the focus topic to for today, right? About the introverts being in the leadership positions or the entrepreneurship positions. So could we define what an introvert looks like and how an introvert acts and what introvert needs before we start going into how that combines with leadership? Sure. Yeah. So, of course, with any definition, there's always um, it's it's always somewhat broad in general, right? Because there are, you know, one thing I always uh, remind people is that introversion and extroversion exist on a continuous spectrum. And every individual person is unique and is going to fall in a different place on that. But there are some general like commonalities that that apply to a lot, uh, if not most introverts. And some of those things would be, it, a lot of it has to do with how we maintain and restore our energy. And mm-hmm. so people that fall a bit more on the extroverted side of the spectrum draw a lot of their energy from interaction with others. And, you know, they still need some alone recharge time as well, but primarily that's where they get the energy from and too much alone time can result in actually feeling exhausted and tired and unmotivated. Whereas the opposite tends to be true with those on the introverted side of the spectrum, we tend to draw more of our energy and and therefore tend to need a bit more uh, alone time or solitude to um, to recharge and feel at, at our best, you know, to then be able to come into um, situations with with more people and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. And there's also, again, natural tendency towards uh, introspection and reflection uh, because we tend to be more comfortable with solitude and being alone. That can really lend itself towards um, deep thought and reflection, deep focus, and even creativity, intuition, a lot of introverts tend to be quite empathic and sensitive towards the feelings and needs of others. And yeah, I would say those are, you know, just some of the, some of the general markers of uh, what we might call an introvert. That's, that's so cool because 
actually what you talk about the the second and the third the the time for like or the tendency to reflect to to have this uh, will to actually go in this introspective mode and also the empathy those are all the traits that we discuss that are important for leaders right so here we already start talking about like okay leaders actually introverts can be good leaders because it's more natural for them with those parts that are actually important for all the leaders to to nurture within themselves. So right. let's first talk about the kind of some challenges that introverts can have in the leadership positions or when they're entrepreneurs and even if they don't have a big teams, but they they have to be the driving force, they have to wear a lot of hats on them just because of the nature of entrepreneurship. What kind of challenges do you see from your clients and in your within your network? Yeah, thanks for asking that. And and definitely if pe- maybe if people are watching they can add some of their own experiences too, if there's comments or that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, some of the common challenges I see are with the, the more outward or front-facing aspects of, of business, uh, whether that be, you know, networking uh, in a traditional sense and meeting a lot of people in a relatively short period of time can be quite tiring for a lot of introverts. Uh, and, you know, I think sometimes even just sharing outwardly or you know th- some of the things like self self what we might call self-promotion or marketing can feel a bit uncomfortable or foreign to a lot of introverts because again we're used to having a a rich internal world uh and a world that's very well illustrated and and detailed in our own minds but when it comes to showing that and sharing that with others and communicating that uh that's often not our first tendency. And so doing that in the context of, as you mentioned, like an entrepreneur or a leaders too, in, in a business uh, situation, it's um, that can feel uncomfortable and, and a bit foreign. And so those, you know, and then likewise, sometimes it's, it's uh, sales too. We tend to be again, sensitive and, and ideally sales is a collaborative conversation, a process, a of trying to help someone, right? Arrive at a solution that you can help them with. But uh, for those that haven't been doing that or are new to that, for a lot of introverts that can, inside they can feel this or have this thought that I am being too pushy or I'm bothering this person or that type of thing. And, and a lot of times the challenges for my clients and people that I talk to are that are those internal pressures that we can put on ourselves sometimes about what if, People don't agree with what I'm saying. What if I'm being too much? What if all of those mm-hmm. sorts of questions? And so some of the challenges can come from the inside as well in the way that we're thinking about and interpreting things. And again, I think that taps back into the, the, the introverts are more natural or it comes naturally to them to reflect and to really look inwards. So that's why those questions come up. Whereas a more extroverted person just maybe goes ahead and just tries more things and or tries to repeat the same thing and see how the effects are. I'm not saying that one is wrong and one is right. It's more about the different approaches, right? And different ways of learning. So yeah, it, it really goes into like the the introverted person is more of a sitting and thinking and reflecting after each iteration or each interaction. Mm-hmm. And then trying to take some learnings from that and what I hear from you, Tad, is that the danger is that sometimes we kind of draw some conclusions and generalize things and start overthinking, and then we draw ourselves back. 
because of those conclusions instead yeah. of trying a bit more. Exactly. Yeah. I think that that can definitely be a challenge. Um, and yeah, so that's, and that's one of those ones that tends to be kind of a hidden challenge sometimes, unless you're really, unless you've really cultivated some awareness around it, because yeah, a lot of times that, that happens in our own mindset, or again, it happens internally. And because each of us lives with ourselves 24 seven, we tend to take for granted the things that go on and the thoughts that we're having without so often taking a step outside of ourselves to kind of re-examine how we're thinking about things. And that can be important, but yeah, like you were saying those every, I think every strength can have its um, kind of its shadow that can be a liability sometimes too. And that applies for introverts or extroverts or in, it, regardless where anyone is on that spectrum. So it's kind of learning to, okay, how can I make the most of those strengths while also recognizing what the liabilities might be and how I can adjust for those and, and continue honing that. And you're helping with that, right, Tad, nowadays. And actually, I would like to roll back a bit. Apart, like before you started working with entrepreneurs and niched out into focusing on on, on that part of the population, you, you have been counseling or coaching and mentoring for over a decade now. So you have been working with people face-to-face in quite an intense work, I could imagine that people come to you with with their struggles. It's not like people come into mentoring, coaching quite often when everything is shiny and bright in their lives, unfortunately. So for you yourself as an introvert, how did you handle that? How did you keep your practice sustainable for yourself so that you could show up to your cl- for your clients in a good way, but also not damage yourself for your personal relationships? Yeah, thanks for asking that. I so it was it was uh it definitely took time and it was a, a learning process for me for a long time, especially early on when I was working in environments where, you know, for early in my career I was working in inpatient environments and environments where there was a lot of people around. And so, you know, it was it was again having to develop the self-awareness um to recognize some of those some of those warning signs when I was starting to you know, when, when that battery was starting to get low mm. and I was starting to feel more drained and, and it was developing support networks around that with supervisors and colleagues. It was also learning to really prioritize my life outside of work as well and prioritize my, my self-care to make sure that I had a, a rich and, and rewarding life in, in addition to uh, and outside of my, my work. And with habits and activities and things that would that really did recharge and, and nourish me. So, you know, again, music was one of those big things for me, but it was also making time to read and absorb information. It was making time for uh like gardening or hiking or spending time in nature. It was, you know, making time for uh spending time with like close family or a couple of close friends or loved ones. And uh, you know, I've had a, a daily meditation and prayer practice for a long time now and that's helped quite a lot as well um so yeah it's, it was over time i just kind of developed some different strategies for getting myself uh centered and and for the most part maintaining doing my best to maintain a certain level of of grounding so that when it did come time to really really be fully present with my clients and people that i was helping that i could could really do that and and 
really give in, in that way and, and practice that empathy and be fully engaged with them. But yeah, it took, you know, like I said, to kind of developing some things outside of the work to then show up and be able to do that. And I, and I love your answer, Tad, because it covers several very important points that I always try to really bring across. First of all, you said you developed the system to like the self-awareness and the system to realize when your battery starts running low. Can you tell us a bit about the symptoms or kind of the, the signals that you, you have been, or maybe you're still, I guess, looking out on uh, and to, to see like, oh, okay, I haven't been nurturing myself enough time to take some extra time off and be alone, go into the garden, play some music, whatever. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there were, so some of the kind of early red flags for me were if I was starting to become more irritable, mm. whether at work or not at work. Um, so increased kind of irritability or even agitation at times, feeling distracted or unfocused was a sign mm-hmm. that I was uh, starting to get a bit drained or overloaded, you know, having difficulty kind of keeping my thoughts straight or uh, having difficulty being present. Um, You know, if I would find myself getting lost in thoughts, that was a sign. And then sometimes it was even just physical too, right? It was was, uh, a feeling of physical tiredness and, and fatigue that could set in at times as well. And, and at the worst, it would be getting sick. You know, that was always Mm -hmm. like, when I realized I had been maybe burning too hot for too long, it, then I would, I would, I would get sick at the end of a really stressful period. And uh, mm-hmm. so, yeah, it was, it was really a lot of physical, mental and emotional kind of symptoms that I could recognize that, okay, this isn't usually me at my best, you know, like I, like I mentioned either tired or, or irritable or distracted or even physically feeling really fatigued or, having strange aches and pains, even getting getting colds, getting sick, things like that. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. But here is the caveat. <laughs> when you're in those moments, it usually means that you have some prerequisites, like there is some more intensity in your work. There is something going on, right? That's why you're pushing harder. You're not really recharging on time. When you catch yourself on those red flags, what were your strategies to say, okay, Tad, you need to slow down. You need to pause. Because I see quite often those ambitious entrepreneurs who are like, yeah, but I just need to finish this project. Yeah, but I just need to kind of get land this client. Yes, but, yes, but. And then <laughs> and then you burn out. Right. So right. how do we catch it on time? And how do we make ourselves to really slow down? Yeah, that's a great question. So again, I can just kind of speak from, from personal experience, but I think this will be applicable and hopefully helpful advice for others listening too. But recognizing that after a certain point, working more and working harder is not always better, right? That I think in a lot of ways, especially in Western culture, we've sort of been taught uh, this sort of industriousness that the harder you work and the more you work, the, the more your results. And I've come to kind of learn that, yes, there's a time, there are times when hard work is, is what's called for, is, is what's appropriate and can be helpful, but not always. And if we run on that as our default program, then that's when, like you were saying, that you can easily head towards burnout. And so I think reminding myself, number one, that, you know, especially when you start to notice some of those red flags, continuing to push and continuing to press may not always be 
the best thing. And in, in many cases may actually lead to diminishing results, you know, uh, less quality in my work, um, actually losing a, a client or something, forgetting, you know, to follow up on something important, the things that dropping the ball and things that are, could actually even be harmful in, in your business. Right. And so recognizing that then it's about taking that next step to say, okay, I need to treat my, whatever you might call it, self-care or recharge or just your life outside of work, treat that as, as much of a priority as the time that I'm spending in my work, recognizing that they both support each other. And that the more that I can show up refreshed, energized, centered, calm, clear, the, the better my work is going to be, the better work I'm going to do, the better results I'm going to get, the better results my clients are going to get, the better the quality is going to be. And so when you can remember that, that it's then it's really about, it, it becomes a little bit easier to take a day off if you need, or take, or even sometimes it's just taking an afternoon nap or take, you know, taking a little bit of time off to know when it's time to close the laptop or turn off the phone or whatever, whatever that might look like for you. Then it becomes a little bit easier to do that because you recognize that, Hey, ultimately it's not just helping me feel better. It's, it's going to help me perform better in my work as well. And I can, I can just sign under, uh, under that from my own experience. It's not easy sometimes. Yeah. Owning your own business, like running, trying to build it from scratch while having a toddler at home. And you, you just try to, like I try to squeeze all the work in, in the time when she's not around so that I, I do get quality time with her. It's getting, like it's easy to push myself a bit further. Like oh, I need to do this as well, or I want this is also the problem with a lot of entrepreneurs, I think, I, that I have in common with them, that we build our business on our passion. So it's fun to work mm -hmm. on our business. Yeah. But that's the danger. That's really the danger. And for me, having the people who are pushing me into self-care has been a big help. Mm -hmm. um, my business mentor, the first time I've heard her on a, as a guest on a podcast, she said about that. I, and I'm not quoting no word by word, but actually even written it down somewhere in my notes that self-care, like my investing in myself is the number one strategy for me growing my business. And she's frantic about that. Eight hours sleep, three times per week, training with a personal trainer and proper food and so on and so forth. So all those things are the foundation for her to keep growing her business in a sustainable way. And that resonated with me. And that's why I, like, that was one of the parts or one of the reasons why I signed up for her program because she's attracting people like that. Yes. And it's really important to have people around you who actually see the value in self-care, see the value in the balance in life. We're not talking about work-life balance, but really that you're not really relying on one area of your life completely and identify yourself with that area only but have yourself or like your toes into different kind of pots or fingers in different pots or toes in the different ponds. And that is a, going a bit into what the second thing that you said about how you are working on recharging yourself. You said that you survived, like surrounded yourself with a support system. You developed that with the colleagues, with the peers, with the supervisors back at work. And I think it's important to emphasize that just because it's self-care or whatever you call it, me time, it doesn't mean that you have to be alone with that part. Right. right. It's super no. important to, 
to tap into the community, to tap into the people around you who see you, who care for you, who worry about you. Lean on to that. Definitely. Yeah. I, I'm glad you brought that up because I, that's something that, again, is, is easy to overlook and um, mm. forget that, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs and especially like solopreneurs and things can forget that, you know, it doesn't just because you're working for yourself or you're working on your own venture doesn't mean that you have to do it by yourself. And in fact, you probably shouldn't, you know, there, you probably should have, you know, like you're, in your case, that was a perfect example, like having a mentor or a program that you're with, like, and I'm sure, you know, probably people in your personal life too. It's, it's like, you know, you should have a network still of people that are close to what you're doing, um, that know you, that can, that can help you when you need it and that you can bounce ideas off of, that you can get feedback or support from. Yeah, really important not to try to, to go it alone. And also the support network you can use to actually fulfill your needs as an introvert, going back to that part of, of our conversation, you might need more alone time, which means that maybe you need to ask for help, someone offloading you at home or in your business so that you have that time to recharge your batteries, to sit in silence, to not have lots of things to do at the moment, and just have one hour of sitting and being. Yeah. Or getting into that retrospective. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a really good point. Is is sometimes the support is asking for, like you said, someone to take something for you for for a moment so that you because that alone time is important for you or that you need that. Yeah. And I think a, a lot of people maybe feel sometimes reluctant to ask for that, or maybe they have a kind of a flawed belief that that's somehow bad or selfish, um, you know, and uh, really it's not, it's not a matter. I, I try to tell people it's not a matter of, of placing a value judgment on it or it being a character thing. It's not selfish, really. It's just, it's a matter of, hey, what do you, you know, what do you need to be healthy? What do you need to function at your best? And in this case, you know, if we're talking about entrepreneurs or leaders, what do you need to um, be able to, to do your job the best you can? So what would be the low-hanging fruits that you usually maybe start with, with your clients in, in your network? How do you help those introverted entrepreneurs shine brightly in a sustainable for them way? Yeah, so I really like to take a strengths-based approach in a lot of ways. So I like to have conversations with people about well, you know, first off, kind of like you mentioned earlier, what are you, what are you, why are you doing this? What do you love to do? What, what are you passionate about? What made you want to go in this direction? And, and what's your vision and, and why? You know, because connecting with that internal compass, that internal motivation, I think is a really uh, helpful and important piece for, you know, as part of that foundation, but also to know, to have your, your direction and your motivation. But yeah, then I like to just kind of get to know them and understand what are your strengths, you know, and, and likewise, what are the, the, the struggles? Because we, we've all got both, right? And uh, sometimes people, we, we tend to see our flaws or our struggles, you know, kind of loom large. And we, it can be very easy to overlook or downplay some of our strengths that we might just take for granted, things that either knowledge that we have or experience that we have wisdom that we have just, or even just innate qualities that, you know, again, because you're living with yourself 24 seven, it's easy to just forget about those things and assume that that's no big deal. When in fact, that might be 
something that someone else needs to, you know, that you could help them with or they need to learn from you or, or likewise, that could be leveraged uh, in your business and thinking creatively or in connecting with people or that sort of thing. So, you know, getting clear on the strengths and then, like I said, that intrinsic motivation and vision that can really help kind of build the excitement and the energy and the motivation that's needed to to get things started and, and, and feel good about the work ahead. So it sounds like you are doing that work with your clients in the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times it's, it comes through conversations and that could be, you know, sometimes it's, it's one-on-one things like this. Sometimes it's, you know, it might be a group conversation um, or sometimes it might be even just in chats or in messengers or mm-hmm in comments, comment threads and, and things like that too. Um, or in asking questions, you know, that's one of the things I try to do is ask good questions, you know, uh, mm-hmm. knowing that, you know, if, if someone asks me for advice, I could always give my thoughts or my advice, but it may or may not be applicable to them. It may or may not resonate with them or be the, the best solution for them. So, so, so sometimes I'll, I'll ask, just ask more questions just to get mm-hmm more clarity and a lot of times the answers for people come out of that dialogue yeah that's the best gift that we can give to our clients right the the perspective and the space to explore and the support to explore because sometimes we just get stuck in and we try to explore it ourselves and it's just hard and as one of my uh, uh, guests here on the show chavato said at some point our brain is like a google whatever you ask it you'll find the answer Mm-hmm. The trick is to ask better questions to get better answers. And that's where a an external person can actually help. Start asking you different kind of questions that you start picking up different kind of answers within your brain. And that's the power of conversations like what you're creating with your clients, Ted. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think you're right. And and it's definitely been the case too for me when um when I've had my own coaches or therapists or mentors, you know them, you know, taking me through that kind of a process helps me get more, has helped me get more clarity too. And so I've seen that kind of how that works on the other side of that as well to, to be the client and uh, how helpful that can be. For sure. So what kind of questions could people ask themselves if they want to start exploring? And also what are the most typical questions and maybe what are kind of atypical questions that we can start getting off track or on the new track with our inner Google yeah, sure. So do you mean kind of to start that process of like um, personal exploration or? Yes, exactly. Finding your strength, identifying like your, or getting clear on your purpose, those kind of things. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, things like what are the times when you feel most yourself? Um, that is a good one, you know, to think about what are the times when you're not, when you don't have to think about it? What are, what are the things that you're doing when it feels natural? Or tell me about a time when you were so into what you were doing that you lost track of time. You know, that can be a really good indicator of a gift or a passion or something like that, because those tend to be the things that we get naturally drawn to. Yeah. And often I'll just, especially if I'm just getting to know someone, just, you know, ask about, well, um, why are you here? You know, tell me what what are you working on? What are you looking to do? And, uh, you know, even that can just open up a good conversation about where they're at now, 
what kind of what got you here? What are you aiming to do? And, and then let's talk about the gap in between, like what would have to happen? What might have to change between now and where you see yourself? And then that can be a really good place to start getting, getting some more ideas too about, you know, changes that could be made or adjustments or things to, to learn or grow or focus on. So. Yeah, for sure. It, there is such power in really getting that clear because quite often we th- think we actually know those answers that mm-hmm. where we are, where we want to go and how we get there. But when we start trying to explain it to someone, it's like with math you know, back in school, like you thought you understood something, but then you try to understand it or like to explain it to, to your classmate and you get stuck. And you're like, hmm, maybe I didn't understand it really. <laughs> I need to go back to the textbook. <laughs> and that's the same with our goals and our situation and our feelings. We, we, we think we understand it, but we try to put the words in that, whether in written for ourselves while journaling or meditating or when in a conversation with someone, then we start seeing those gaps for real. And this is really the power. It's, it's not to really say that you're stupid and you were lying to yourself. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about really getting empowered, getting this clarity and seeing what you've been missing. Yes. Because this is where you get the power of change in your situation. This is where you get the power of actually getting to your goals, to finding those micro steps that can actually bring you there. So it's just really important to, to get through those exercises, banal as they sound. You might have heard about them a hundred times, but how many times have you sat down and actually done them <laughs> from A to Z? So this is a bit of calling out here going on, <laughs> but I really want to like drive it home because it's super important to, to, to not only listen to those things and not only read and swallow those self-help books, but actually do the things that we're talking about, yes. do the things that those books are covering, because that's where the power and transformation is lying. Not in you getting this information, but in you applying it and, and actually finding out what does it mean in your life. Exactly. Yeah. It, exactly. That's where it, it really takes on its own life. You know, uh, information just by itself is inert, right? But information with insight and with empowered action, that's when things change. Like you said, when things happen. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, it can be easy to kind of fall back into that more passive mode of just taking in information and learning, which is great. But uh, if we're not doing something with that knowledge or putting it into play, then potentially there might not be much movement or change there. And uh, likewise, you know, you try stuff out and find what doesn't work for you or what doesn't resonate and find what does and what works for one person may not work for another. So, but that's, you know, like you were saying, you don't know until you try things and try some new habits, try some new actions. And then that's when you not only uh, again, open up new opportunities or new results potentially, but kind of figure out what works for you and what doesn't. So there's a whole whole menu of different things out there, you know, especially like you mentioned with, with self-help resources and things, which I love, but, uh, but yeah, it's it, obviously there's no one size fits all approach. So it's really about experimenting and to motivate people a bit extra to go that path and explore themselves. Tad, I wanted to ask you what kind of effects do you see from your work with your clients? on their life, on their career, on their health, relationships, whatever pops up? What do, you, what do they actually come to you and say, wow, Tad, I had no idea? Yeah, that's a great question. Thanks for asking that. So a few things come to mind, you know, uh, clarity. Uh, my clients tend to get more 
more clarity on themselves, like we talked about, knowing themselves a little bit in in, in uh, deeper ways, but also on their more clarity on their situation, what's working or what's not working, what they want, and then you know they they also feel more empowered. You know, a lot of times where when we might first start working together, a lot of times my clients might feel really stuck or just unable to move forward or move past something. And by the time we're kind of finishing our work together, they're usually cruising, you know, they're, they're, it's like, you know, eventually we get to a point where they don't really need me anymore. Like they, they, you know, they got the tools, they've got the energy, they've got more confidence as well. So it's sort of that, again, I guess I would say empowerment that, you know, that internal sense that, Hey, I'm the one that can drive my own destiny, so to speak, that can pilot my own ship, that I'm, I'm in control of it. And, um, you know, having the, the confidence and the tools to be able to do that. I can so relate to that. And that's why I'm smiling so widely now when, when my clients come to me and they talk about the situation and how they went through the situation without my help, how they transferred the knowledge from one situation that we discussed or one scenario to something quite different but this managed to apply that knowledge and really live through it i just feel like a proud mama every single time I, it mm-hmm. just warms up my heart to see those transformations and see like yes we've done a good job here together you got it you really got this idea because you could like apply it in a different situation and it's just the most rewarding part of this job really it really is yeah i'm glad you shared that because and that's so cool because i can completely relate to what you, what you just said. That's like why one of the things I love most is, um, is those, those moments, you know, uh, where you just see the light come on or you, or they, you know, express something that, Oh, I never thought about it that way before. Or, or again, like, like I talk, have another conversation or we check in and they're like, they've made huge strides, you know, taking actions they've never done before or whatever. And yeah, it's so, it's so rewarding. It's so cool to see that, that process happen. Ted, I would like to wrap up with the three questions that I usually ask. One of them is simple. If people want to learn more about what you do, maybe join some of your, your program or uh, work with you one-to-one, what's the best ways to find you and reach out to you? Yeah. So right now, the best way would probably be on Facebook. That's where I'm most active. So they can, of course, just friend me or message me directly on there, but they can also join my uh, free community, which is called Empowered Introvert Entrepreneurs. So there's a link to that right on my page and it's a free group. Um, so that would be great, a great place to connect with me. Uh, but they can also go to uh, tadlusk.com, my website, and there's easy ways to reach out to me through there as well. Great. We'll put those in the show notes for the, for the podcast that people can just easily click and, and reach out to you. Ted, if you would give three great pieces of advice to our viewers and listeners, whether it is about the personal development, their uh, business and entrepreneurship, anything, what those tips would be? Yeah, I would say first note to know thyself, you know, to, Mm. um, it's, it's never, never a frivolous thing. It's never time wasted to invest time in introspection, getting to know yourself on a deeper level, what, in whatever methods you, you do that through, whether it's through counseling or coaching or through meditation or your own spiritual practice or whatever that might be, but really get to know yourself inside and out. And that's an ongoing process, of course, as, as we all know, right? But um, that is some of the best, I think, time and energy that, that you can invest. And then, 
you know, likewise, like maybe just take inventory of your strengths, take inventory of be honest with yourself and even maybe just writing out, you know, things that you know, qualities that you have that you know that you can bring, that you can share with other people. And along those lines, you can write down like things that kind of like we talked about earlier. What are you frustrated about? What's not working for you in your life right now? What do you really, would you really like to change? And what would your ideal scenario look like? Just again, start that kind of process of, of really reflecting on, am I living as intentionally as I, as I could be? And what changes could I make possibly? And then finally, I guess the third tip I might just say is, is just invest in yourself. And, you know, again, there are lots of ways to invest in yourself. Obviously, you can do that. Uh, financially through, like you mentioned, programs or coaching or things like that is hugely helpful and it's going to help move you forward much, much quicker. But likewise, you can invest, like we mentioned, time and energy into learning the, the new skill that you've been kind of thinking about and putting off or investing in your own just personal growth and, and development, I think is one of the best things that you can do. And, and it's going to it's going to show up in, in how you uh, deal with other people as, as a leader, as we've talked about. It's going to show up in the quality of work that you do, but also just the quality of presence that you bring to uh, your interactions with people and guarantee that'll, that'll pay dividends down the road. So. I love those, Todd. And actually, they aligned with what I usually give as tips if I'm asked uh, that as a guest on the show. Is I usually say invest your time and energy and resources into learning yourself because this is just the best gift you can give to your partner, your team, and anyone surrounding you, anyone around you. When you know yourself, you you react in better ways. You are more proactive. You are getting it out of this firefighter mode. And that's just beneficial to everyone. So it's not a selfish thing, or it's a selfish thing, but it's in a very healthy way, selfish. So I love your tips. Thank you so much for sharing them, Ted. Absolutely, yeah. And and just to kind of wrap up on what you just said, that's one of the things that that always seems to happen too with clients when when they've made really good changes is they talk about how their spouse or their family members or their friends or whomever notice the changes in them and their relationships improve. And like you said, by investing in our own development, it, yeah, it's, it helps improve all those other areas of life too. In addition to leadership, entrepreneurship work, it improves, it'll help you improve your relationships and how you, how you show up for the people in your life too. Yeah. If we would try to wrap up with one practical piece of advice that our viewers or listeners can implement already today after listening and watching, what would that be? Mm, that's a great question. We give, I want to give that some, give that some thought and give a good answer. Well, yeah, I guess I would say, and this kind of ties into the three, the tips that, that we went over, but go ahead and, and take, take some sort of action step. And it could be in an uncomfortable direction. And, and usually when we do, start to work on or try to learn or just open new doors, right? It's chances are it's going to feel a bit uncomfortable because it's going to be some new territory for you, but that's really where the growth happens. So I would just say if you took something from this conversation, this interview today, just 
uh, see if how you can put that into action, even if it's a small action step. Maybe it's reaching out to a support person. Maybe it's planning a new, um, you know, training for your employees. Maybe it's, uh, you know, connecting with a coach or something like that. But even if it's a small action, something that maybe there's something you know about that you've been kind of putting off or avoiding or delaying, but uh, see if you can and just take one piece from this conversation today and ask yourself, how can I put that into action and uh, get things moving? I love it, Todd. And it can be as simple as, okay, where can I create some time for myself? Because I'm not having enough of that as an introvert and I'm really draining my battery. So look at your calendar and and put it in there. Some time, 15 minutes, but three days in a row of 15 minutes of just sitting and being. Yes. And feeling fine with that. Just really commit to feeling fine about that. Yes. Thanks for that. Yeah, exactly. And that, that itself would be a great action step. So yeah, just, and sometimes the action is slowing down, right? Uh, or making, as you said, making time for that, uh, that alone time if you need it or the self-care if you need it. Yeah, that's great. Todd, thank you so much for the conversation. I, I got a lot of very valuable reminders for myself, how I need to take care of myself. That's always the beauty of these conversations. I'm not here as a guru knowing it all. I, I'm also human <laughs> and I want to be open about that. So I really appreciate your time and your sharing with us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And same here, I totally enjoyed the conversation and it's really helpful for me too to hear your your input and, and likewise talking about these things just helps uh, solidify things for me. And as you said, I'm always always working on growing and improving myself so uh so really enjoyed it thanks for having me my pleasure Todd. and yeah we're learning together and that's that's what i hope that you your viewers and listeners are also doing with us you're getting some insights you're getting some reminders and you are getting this extra kick in the pants to to take action really do it every like after every episode i really want you to take some small action that those are the tiny changes those one degree adjustments that you do in your life that actually create a big change and big transformation in the long run. So think about what you take with you and how you can implement it today. And let's talk next week. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Genius Leadership. If you enjoyed the conversation, hit the subscribe button to not miss an episode. And to help more people become even better leaders, rate and review our podcast and share it with your communities. Remember, I'm always here for you and I'm happy to connect with you on LinkedIn or via email or hop on a strategy call. Genius Leadership is an honest conversation about leading yourself and others. And it's my honor to be your guide in overcoming everything.